Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. I'm going to have you all stand to your feet. Take your Bibles with me this morning. Amen. Honoring is who we are here at CWC. Giving honor to whom honor is due. Everyone say this with me. We are are. CWC. CWC. You got to know that. You got to know who we are. We are C-Dub. There's other churches. There's other communities. There's other fellowships. And I love them. They all have a place. But C Dub has its own vibe. C Dub has its own identity. C Dub has its own DNA. I also want to just take time just to acknowledge, I'm just so uh, honored to have with us this morning Dr. Taito, who is recovering from a stroke that he had a couple of months back. And uh, Dr. Taito, we want you to know we love you. We're praying for you, full restoration and healing over you. We're going to pray again before it's over. We just want you to understand something. And 17 years ago, we came to San Jose with an intention not just to start a church, but to create a family. And that's what Jesus and that's what God did when he came. That's why we call God Father and not God. He was starting a family. God wanted to create a family, not just an organization. And so we as CWC, we are a family, not a church. Look at your neighbor. That, that's, how many know that you can't choose your family members? Because if we could choose our family members, we would leave some of them out, right? You know, that crazy uncle, that aunt that's always, uh, that klepto aunt that comes over and takes things all the time. That drunk uncle that's always, he's always buzzed, always asking for a handout, always asking for something. That that one cousin that's always dropping F-bombs at every family function and then says, oh, I'm sorry for that, excuse me. We have our own certain DNA, and one of, that, one of those DNAs that we, that we have that's part of us is what Pastor Nick just said, and it's service. Everyone say serve. serve. Mark chapter 10, starting verse 45, Jesus says this, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others, and to give his life a ransom for many. Bow your heads as we pray. Father, help. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated this morning. I want you to know that service was in Jesus' DNA. It's who Jesus is. It's who Jesus was. And if service is in Jesus and Jesus is in us, then what should be in us as well? Service. We should also be servants as well. And I need you to understand something. I'm, like I said, I'm not going to be long. But all of us, we go to restaurants so someone will serve us. And we go to places because we enjoy being in a place where people give to us. They provide for us. They watch out for us. And we brought that same mentality of a restaurant into the church. Where we sit back and we we dare the people that are there to minister to our needs, to take care of our needs, to take go into Starbucks, this is the way I want my drink. And we give all the details, and if you don't make it the way I want it, I'll find a place that will do it the way I want it to be done. 
because we are in a receiving mentality, not a giving mentality. Yet the God of all creation says, I came to serve, not to be served. Say it again, Pastor Dan. It goes contrary to American culture. It goes contrary to our American way of thinking that we have been designed, fashioned, and grown to the, from the moment that we are children, sitting back, waiting when we cry. A bottle gets put in our mouth. When we begin to get angry, that our parents take care of our needs because we have gotten to the point that we are still children looking for the theta. That's right. We're looking for, for the chupi, the pacifier. We're looking for the bottle, something to pacify us from whatever it is that we're crying about. And I love what Tony Junji said one time. He made this, this de- declaration. What builds a winning culture? Accountability. Accountability builds a winning culture. And a winning culture, culture is all about a way that we do things. And our culture at CWC has been service. It is not uncommon to see our pastors work at breaking down and setting up. Pastor Nick, 17 years, he's been the first one here and setting up and doing these things and then heading to Milpitas to minister. And yet we can't pick up a piece of paper as we're walking on the campus. Servanthood has always been a huge part of who we are. We serve people because Jesus did. That's what LOL is all about. That's what Light of Light of Light's all about, going out to the streets, re- taking care of the homeless people. That's what, what, what the men's home's all about, helping people break addictions. That's what uh, children's ministry and going out on the streets and our, 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 our uh, metro kids goes out and they minister to the kids. It's our, what our after-school programs do. Why? Because Jesus said, when you do this to the least of them, you've done it unto me. I want you to take a look real quick, and we're going to close here in John chapter 13, verse 1 and 2. Something real important that's here. at Verse 13, 1 and 2, it says, Just before the Passover feast, Jesus knew that the time had come to leave the world and go to the Father. Having loved his dear companions, having what? I need you to understand, you cannot serve out of obligation. You cannot serve out of guilt. I can't shame you into service. I can't guilt you into giving. Because when you give out of guilt, it doesn't count. The only way you can give is has to be birthed out of love. And Jesus was a great servant because Jesus was a great lover. That's why we say love God, love people, change the world. You can't change the world until you have the love of God in you that is transforming to the point that you see people in a different light. He goes on and says he loved his companions and continued to love them right to the end. Why does it say right to the end? Because even on the cross, all 12 except for one abandoned him. 
Three years he pours his life into him. Three years he gives his best to him. Three years he shows him his glory. He walks on water. He heals the sick. He raises the dead. They were front, they had the front row seats. They were rock stars hanging out with the greatest superhero that ever lived. And they had a front row seat to that. And when the troubled time came, they all abandoned him. And yet, he loved them to the end. It was supper time. Somebody say amen. Amen. We're going to let you go in a moment. And the devil now had Judas, the son of Simon the Iscariot, firmly in his grip and set for betrayal. And I want you to notice all the disciples are following into the upper room right before the night before Jesus is, is going to be crucified. They're all coming in and. Here comes Peter, and then John comes walking in, Andrew and Bartholomew, and all of them are beginning to file in and take their place, but there's one missing. Judas Iscariot's not in the room. So at this point, Judas has already gone off to do his thing, and Jesus' final hours on earth are telling, follow me, stay with me. In fact, if I could ask someone, hey, man, you're right on time, bro. You're the man. You're the... The man, dude, the man. Dude, you're just a... Man, Veto, this boy got some timing, man. <laughs> Jesus' final moments on earth are very telling, and this is where it comes. He's Verse 3 and 4 of John 13, he says, Jesus knew that the Father had put him... In complete charge of everything. Jesus is in control. At no time was anything out of control. Even hanging on the cross, Jesus was in control. I need you to understand, no matter what you're going through right now, God's still in control. And he came from God and he was on his way back to God. So I want you to notice three things about Jesus. First thing is, he knew his authority. He was secure. He knew who he was. Second thing, he knew his his origin. He knew his identity. He knew where he came from. I came from the Father. And he also knew his destiny. He knew his destination. He knew where he was going. See, you can never serve until you know and you're secure in who you are and your identity and also where your destiny and where you're headed to. Because insecure people can't serve. Because if I serve, then I'm lowering myself. And you're only a servant. To, you know, I don't want to be a servant. I should be served. You, do you know who I am? You know my degrees. You know the things I've accomplished. How much money I have in the account. I got a three-car garage. You know what I drive. You know who I hang out with. You know the things that I... You want me to what? Jesus, the creator of heaven and earth. The one that breathed breath into mankind. He came not to be served, but to serve. I've heard it said before that if serving is beneath you, then leadership is beyond you. Because if we can't serve, we have no ability to lead. Dad, just because you have the father over your name doesn't mean that we stop serving our wife and our children. I have a responsibility to lead the way for my family. My wife rocks 
We were out there in the garden yesterday. That girl, was she was pulling, she was pulling trees out by the roots. She was just like, I want this avocado tree planted. I want, and she, was, she was going gangster on that. She was talking to it. She was pulling on it. She had her own little conversation going on over there. But, you know, you can't serve when you don't know who you are. I need you to understand, I don't serve today because I'm anointed. I'm anointed because I serve. Never judge your anointing based on your current assignment. Because if someone catches you, what you're doing right now, after service, I'm rolling up wires. After service, we're, we're breaking things down. You might look at what I'm doing at that moment, but you won't judge my anointing based on me wrapping up wires. And many of you are judging what you're doing based on your, how important you look. But I tell you what, until you learn how to wrap a wire, you may never get the platform to preach a message. Let me close here. Third, third close. This is it. And he got up from the supper table and he set aside his robe and put on an apron. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the feet of the disciples, drying them with his apron. I I want you to see very quickly these six things. First thing Jesus does is he sees a need. They're all sitting there having dinner, but every so often he gets a whiff of something. Because in those days you walked in sandals, opened shoes, and the same roads you walked on were the same roads that the animals walked on and used as well. So when an animal defecated, you would step into that excrement, that you would step into the crap of that animal. And no matter where you went on the roads, it was customary when you went into a house to sit down and the owner of the home would come in and to honor you, to welcome you, they would wash your feet. They would get rid of all the junk that you carried when you got there. In other words, I want you to get rid of all that stuff you walk through right now, all the crap you went through before you got here all the struggle you went through before you came into this place. I want you to know that when they get there, they're gathered and no one picks up a towel. No one washes the feet. Why? Because every one of them felt like they were at a level that they no longer needed to serve, but they needed to be served. And yet in the final moments, Jesus is about to go to the cross. Instead of waiting for them to wash his feet, he takes the initiative He sees the need and he takes off his clothes. But listen, sometimes you just got to take it off. Just got to take off who you think you are. You got to take off the things that identify you. You got to take off those things that that you think put that that connect you, that that make you who you are. Listen, clothes don't make the man. The man makes the clothes. It's not what you wear. It's what's in your heart. And I need you to understand that there is a time that we come to that we got to learn how to serve. He changes his clothes and he comes out in a towel. We're more concerned about our titles than we are about picking up a towel. If more people would pick up a towel instead of worrying about their title, we would live in a much better world today. Get this picture. Jesus comes out. He's taken off his robes. He has a towel wrapped around his waist, and he comes up to the disciples. He's worried. He's worried right now. Pastor Matt's worried right now because... He says, he's like, I got holes in my socks. 
It's okay, man. God loves you. God loves you. He's going to cover you. That third please got you off the hook, man. Jesus kneels down and he pours water. He washes the feet and he meets the need. Now, now follow me. Only the lowest of the lowest in the house would wash the feet. And Jesus comes up and he, he begins to wash in between the toes, getting all that crap that is stuck in their lives out. Many of us have walked through some things in life. Come on. You walked in here with a lot of crap before you got into this place. A lot of things that have attached themselves to you. A lot of funk from the life that you've passed. A lot of things that you've gone through when you walked in here. But I want you to understand something. Is that when they came through, Jesus begins to wash their feet. Because somewhere along the way, Jesus were determined. You know what? I'm tired of smelling this crap. I'm tired, tired of dealing with this crap. Instead of just ignoring it and pouring perfume. Let's get rid of the source of the smell. Let's get rid of the source of the problem. And I'm here to tell you right now that if we would learn to serve and take time that as people come into the doors of the church and stop being so concerned about getting yours and receiving, but be concerned about washing the feet of those around you and help them get rid of the crap of their lives and begin to wash them, correct them, cover them, then how better of a place will this family be? Come on, somebody. I always ask myself, why now? Why did Jesus at that moment say, I'm going to wash their feet? Because I personally believe, not biblical, this is my personal, I'll always tell you when I, what I believe. I believe Jesus finally got tired of the smell. I don't want to be eating this good food, roasted lamb with the smell of crap all over me. So often, you ever have someone that you're next to with body odor, bad breath, and you're trying to be cool with them, but every time they say something, it's like, <laughs> get that whiff, and it's just like, remember back in the day, Manteca is hot. Manteca is hot. Summertime, it is funk, nasty hot. And I remember, I, I, I forget where it was I came from, but. Uh, I, I came into the office and I had one of my, my polo shirts on and came into the office and our, our maintenance man had been working outside. He was soaked and he was wearing a tank top. He goes, hey, pastor, how you doing? And I'm short. And he brings me right in. And as I'm pulling out, my shirt got stuck. Every time I turned to the left, you guys remember that? I came in, I told my wife, find me a shirt. Find me a shirt. I don't care. I don't care if it's a missionette shirt. I don't care if it's I don't care if it's a girls' ministry shirt. I don't care if women's ministry. Find me a shirt. Wearing a half shirt. 
Listen closely. Jesus finally got up to serve because the smell bothered him enough to act on it. Your place of service is in the area that bothers you. You're tired of hearing kids scream in the nurse in, in the sanctuary? You might need to serve in the nursery. Give them a place where the kids can come and be ministered to, not just taken care of. You hate when the choir goes off tune? You might be called to music ministry. You hate when we sit down and there's a pause between the speaking and the video going on? You might be called to help out in the video aspect. You, you follow me? You hate when you show up to church and there's no one there to greet you? Because what bothers you, man, why is that kid homeless? Why is that person lacking something? Whatever bothers you is your place of service. For the past 17 years, Pastor Nick and Bree have stepped up, stood up, trained up, spoke up, cleaned up, picked up, but they never let up, backed up, or gave up. The ministry of this couple here has been marked by service. Pastor Nick and Bree, the Belaskis, you are CWC. Stand to your feet as we close. We're going to close right now, and I know you're going to get a jump at Red Robin. But as you're walking out, serve. Serve. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash CWC Bay Area.